Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. And let's welcome Pastor Ross as he comes to share the word today. Thanks, Peter. Well, it's great to be in the house of God and in His presence, hey? It really is. I want to do a big thank you for all the men who came yesterday for our men's breakfast. We had well over 50 guys came. And then in half an hour, we did this amazing work and did a whole clean-up on the men's shed up there, and that's going to be an ongoing job. But I was stirred again, what can happen when 50 guys get together? <laughs> in half an hour, we did the work that would have taken others weeks to get done. I thought, wow, get some people together with purpose, and all of a sudden, things happen. And whether that's two people at home, instead of one just doing the chores and having to wash this, you get two or three together, and all of a sudden, it goes faster. And I thought, wow, that is really Really good. Before I share the word today, I want to pray for anyone who's in pain right now. You've got physical pain in your body, and I want to pray, because why should you try and suffer through pain and can't concentrate? You know, when you're in pain, you're thinking about that, and why am I in pain? And you can't focus on what someone's saying. You can't listen very well. You ever been chatting, and you come home from work, and, and you're just tired, and the kids or um, family are trying to talk to you, and all you, you just can't listen properly. So right now, if you're in physical pain right now, just lift a hand to heaven because we want to pray for you. Just lift it up to heaven. It might be a headache. It might be something more significant, a torn muscle or something. Just lift it up on high. Keep it up there right now. Folks, I want you to turn and find someone that's with, with their hand up and just gently, don't crowd them, but just gently say, hey, can I come and just join in prayer with you right now? Let's just do that right now. And if you're not near someone, I want you to start to pray. Lift up the name of Jesus right now. And there's other people who aren't here today because they are, they are sick. Neil and Vivian Duncan haven't been well for several weeks and we need to pray for God's healing. I want you now to start to speak the name of Jesus. And let's believe right now for pain to go from off, of their, from off their bodies. Oh God, we believe for your healing power right now over that torn muscle. Lord, we pray for healing right now over that headache. Lord, I just pray that back pain to go. Lord, I pray for that knee that's just been in pain right now. Release it in Jesus' name. Lord, we release your healing presence for that ear that's aching right now. Lord, I just pray, touch them right now and release that healing power over their body. And Lord, we pray for others that are at home right now in, in sick beds. Lord, I just pray, some in hospital, let your healing power flow so that we can listen and hear and show your goodness, Father. Lord, pour out your goodness right now over these people. I pray and believe for that now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we receive from you because you're our loving Father and you're a good God and we receive your healing presence right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for healing power. And Lord, we open our hearts to receive your word now, your living word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take our seats. God is so good. Wow. How awesome to belong to the family of God. So you don't have to carry your burdens or pain on your own, but we belong to the family of God. Look around you and see all the amazing people that are sitting beside you, in front of you, behind you. What amazing people. Hey, we're all created so different, but God's love fills our hearts. And I just thank God that it's awesome to belong to the family of God. A couple of weeks ago, we did our launch Sunday and we talked about our vision for the year and our, our key vision statement is transforming lives for good. And as we flow together, God comes and transforms lives 
And he does it through the family of God. He flows through us. And we talked about our base side acrostic, which we went through again uh, last week of Bible believing, always generous, yes to the Holy Spirit, service, inclusive, discipleship, and evangelism. And a key verse we picked up the last two songs, I want to start on it again today, is Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 in the Amplified. It's a really powerful verse and it gets me every time I read it. It says, but speaking the truth in love, that's not always easy, is it? Especially when you're going to correct someone or talk about some challenging behavior. But speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing his truth, let us grow up in all things into him, following his example, who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, the church in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies, when each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. How powerful is that? I don't know if anyone's ever had a torn tendon or something that's, uh, if your tendon tears on the bone, I did my Achilles uh, tendon uh, 18 months ago and the pain is excruciating. Not only painful, but that part of your body doesn't work properly anymore. You can have all the muscles, you're going to have strong bones, you're going to have desire to do stuff, but if the tendon's not connected right, uh-uh, it just isn't going to happen. And so, in the body of Christ, when there's one or more people that aren't functioning or connected right, you can have all the desires in the world, you can have great desires, but if it's not connected and functioning, then it's not going to work properly. And so, there's people miss out. And you can't function. If you tear a tendon in your arm, you can't do stuff. And if you're a cook, you can't cook properly. Especially if you tear the tendon in your right hand, if you're right-handed, it's fun doing things with the other hand when you're not real good at it, eh? It's, it's pretty scary. Especially for the ladies, if you put makeup with the wrong hand, that could be interesting. Trying to bake with the wrong hand, who knows what's going to happen. And guys, if you're trying to create something and you, you can't use the, the hand you normally use, some things you just can't do. You've got to get someone else to help you. And yet, in the body of Christ, it says that when we're all connected, amazing things happen. And, and I want to just build on that whole thing of being connected and uh, belonging today. And in Romans 12, 3, um, I won't read the whole passage, but it says, Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. How awesome when you know where you fit in your family relationships, in the church family in our community. It is so fulfilling when you know where you fit, and it's so frustrating when you don't know where you fit. It's so frustrating when you know where you should be fitting, but fear or pain or circumstances are hindering you from flowing in that. It is so, so frustrating. I heard the story of these three fishermen that went out on this uh, long weekend fishing trip, and they were going to do this amazing fishing trip but uh, it was in a cold climate and the weather closed in and there was a blizzard blowing and they're stuck in this cabin for 48 hours and they can't get out fishing. They went for fishing. So by about 24 hours, they're getting really frustrated with one another. They're annoyed at the weather first and they start getting frustrated. By the 48 hours, they're just about tearing each other apart in that fishing cabin because they can't do what they were purposed and designed to do. Next morning, thankfully, the weather broke and they're out there and they had an amazing day fishing, doing what they were 
intended to, and they were all celebrating together, but the first 48 hours was so frustrating because they couldn't do what they were designed to do. And that happens in life, in relationships, when tendons aren't working in a body, tendons speak about networks, about relationships that we work together. And as a church, we're a big family. We get connected, we join together, we work, we support, and we function with one another. Verse 9, it says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. It's terrible when someone flatters you and they try to impress you and, and, and say all this stuff, and you know it's not real. You feel like slapping them, but we're Christians, so we can't do that. <laughs> so just be real. Don't say all that stuff when you don't mean it. Just be real. It says, so love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. That's a really powerful statement. Be good friends who love deeply. That's not about just surface flattering words. This is from the heart. And when you love someone from the heart, your words, your actions, your attitudes will regularly line up with that and people feel safe, they feel nurtured, they feel connected, they feel supported through the painful, lonely times that everyone goes through in life. You're there to help people. When you're going through disappointment, you need an appointment with someone who's going to help you carry that. Disappointment, dis means without. So you're, when you're disappointed, you're without appointment. In other words, you're, you're unsettled, something hasn't worked out, so you're disappointed. How awesome when there's an appointment with God and an appointment with a friend that helps you refocus. The power of loving deeply from the heart. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. I talked last week about the four R's. We have relationships. We're created for family, intimacy, trust and love. When you get in a relationship, all of a sudden you have a revelation. You become aware of your strengths and weaknesses. You become aware if you talk too much or not enough. You become aware of the walls and barriers of trust. And you only discover that when you get into closer friendships and intimate relationships. Then we have the restoration. How awesome is it that God gives us hope that He can restore what was once damaged? Many people here are testimony to the grace of God that some of you thought, I don't know if I'll ever have that sort of love again because it's been torn. I don't know if I can trust people like I used to because they damaged me. But how awesome is it when God gives you hope that friendships and relationships can be restored and you can come into a deeper relationship of love and trust with people in the family of God and in our community. And that's what Jesus does. He makes a church a safe place so you can be restored. And then they get the rewards of living in that relationship and overflow. I want to pick it up now from where I was last week. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 is a beautiful passage. It says, as it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Wow. I'm amazed. Some people say, oh, I don't think I fit. I'm not sure where I belong. God says, I've helped put you there, so flourish where you're planted. I've learned whether I'm in a place that I'm thinking, oh, this is awesome, or I'm not sure what I'm here for. I've learned just flourish where you're planted. I've been involved in small churches. I grew up in a small church at Crow's Nest up in the Daly Downs, and we had 15 people. If someone visited, we thought that was revival, you know, because <laughs> you just had the same 15 people met every Sunday. Grew up with that, learnt faithfulness. Presence of God showed up. And then uh, 
I ended up being in a church on the Sunshine Coast of 100, which grew to 500 over eight years, and every week people coming to Christ like this. Then we went to a church of three and a half thousand, and we just got lost in the crowd for a bit and didn't know where we connected and fitted. And that was a Bible college experience and training. Then we went back to another church of uh, about four or five hundred and grew and flourished. Then we took on a small church on the Sunshine Coast that had 40 people. And if the surf was up, there'd only be 10 there because they'd all be out surfing. So it was, it was one of those really exciting new, just a pioneer work. And that grew to hundreds of people. Then we came here and have seen this church grow. So we've been in all shapes and sizes, but there's a couple of times on that journey where we weren't quite sure if we fitted and if we were in the right place or not. But Marilyn and I, we learned a long time ago, you just put your heart into it, build relationships, be faithful and loyal to the local church and to the Lord, and flourish where you planted. And even when it didn't seem to be our natural fit, we just decided to flourish where we were planted. And we weren't always looking for plan B, if only the grass was green on the other side, if only we were somewhere else. And even when we were in places where we weren't sure how it was going to fit, when it was time to move on, we said, God, really? We were just starting to really enjoy this. But God's grace flows. There's something powerful when you love deeply and give your heart to the people that God's put in you and around you, when you flourish where you're planted in the local church. And what do you mean by flourish? It means getting connected, getting involved, not just be a visitor, not just come, not just be a person who pops in for a meal every now and then at your place at home. And that you can't say they, they're family if they only come once every three months for a meal. They're visitors. God says, be connected, be involved. That's what we talk about, partnership and, and joining in. And I thank God for the hundreds that call this home and actively involved. But some of us are still a bit cautious about joining in. So it says, God has carefully placed, hasn't just plonked you here and say, just make the best of it. God has carefully placed you, each part of the body, right where he wanted it. Wow, so if you're here, let's flourish let's find out what God's saying and let's grow and be connected and not disconnected but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown out into self-importance for no matter how significant you are it's only because of what you are a part of an enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster <laughs> I love this <laughs> the message makes it so real what we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. Wow, how awesome is our God? Not, no part is more important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. <laughs> Sounds like some workplaces, eh? God puts us together for His purpose. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore more necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. That's true. But we never see our stomachs. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or closed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? That's an interesting thought, eh? <laughs> yeah. For those that have had digestion issues. True. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Here it is, so clear. 
every part depending on every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. Wow, wow. So true. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. Now you are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Sometimes the enemy will lie to us. You go, oh mate, you're not understood there. Just, just pull back. You don't fit in that life group anymore, so just pull back and just watch, t- just watch your Christian TV programs and that'll be enough. That's, if you're too sick to get to church, that's an encouragement. If you want some extra stirring, that's encouragement. But you belong to a body. You can't order in takeaway food all of your life. It's really good to sit down at a table and have some food together as a family. And that's what God's called us to do. You are Christ, boy. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Wow, wow, wow. As we accept our part. Some of you might say, well, I can't sing and I can't do this. Hey, you've you've made lots of friends. Friendship is what joins us all together. You pray for one another. You encourage one another. You find a place where you can serve and give and contribute. And then there's meaning and value that comes. And I believe God says, find our place in the body and then serve wholeheartedly. Don't give up through discouragement or fear. The power of unity and work as a team. Flourish in our marriage and our family. And uh, we saw that yesterday with the guys getting together and just in half an hour just doing so much. I thought, wow, this is awesome when we work together. So I want to just follow on with that a bit more today on and, uh, the power of partnership and friendship. Philippians 1, 3 to 6 is a great passage. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work and you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul is praying for the church at Philippi. He helped plant that church. He's writing to him to encourage him. He said, I thank God for you every day, and I thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Partnership. It's not just lip service, but you're actually involved. It's family. We've had the illustration of the physical body. You've got the illustration of the natural family. You're involved. You don't just call in and visit occasionally to uh, eat and run. Some parents think teenagers do that, but you, you know, there are times where eat and run is okay, but you can't do it all the time. It's about relationship. It's about sharing the journey. So Paul said, I thank God every day for your partnership in the gospel. That's why we have partnership in our church. It's not just a membership where you sign up and get a few benefits. It's about you join with your heart first, and then you join in a formal capacity saying, hey, this is my church, this is where I belong, and I just want to be serving this house. And so partnership is a heart transaction, and then it's a some sort of formal transaction so that we can fulfill our commitment to belonging and serving together. And that is a challenge in our modern world. In the natural, we have so many people who come and go in workplaces. 
Sadly, we have a lot of contractors and not as many full-time employees so they can come and go. Sadly, without offending anyone, but we have a de facto mindset in a lot of relationships that people can come and go instead of commitment of marriage and true partnership as husband and wife. And we see that in church life where people come sometimes and go and don't really lock in with all their heart. And so the Bible concept of partnership is much deeper than what we see sometimes in the world. And, and uh, Marilyn shared a while ago about loyalty programs, you know. And you go into the copy shop and they give you a loyalty card and you get one and you've got dozens of them all in your wallet or your handbag. And then people just change like that. Oh, they got a better offer, so we just go there. And, and so we've been conditioned with this lack of commitment lifestyle in, in modern living. But Christ says there's something more powerful and so much more fulfilling when we are committed with all of our heart. Now, Luke 5, 4 to 7 is another picture. This is the fishing picture. All the fishermen, listen in. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, that's Peter, put out in the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. In other words, we're the fishermen. We know we catch fish at night. Jesus, you're an awesome teacher. You're a great friend. You, you pray amazingly. You do miracles, but you don't know much about fishing, Jesus. That's what he could have said, and he probably was thinking that in his head, but he thought, no, I've been around long enough not to, not to tell, talk to Jesus like that. But, and then he said, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So he sort of did it reluctantly, saying, it's daytime now. The fish can see the nets. They're not going to come. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Woo! If you do what God says, there will be favor and fruitfulness. There might be a little germ because they had to row back out. There was a bit of work between the promise and the fish coming in. Some of us give up on the little bit of work and effort and the time frame of days, weeks, months or years between the promise and the fulfillment. But if you obey God and His Word, let me tell you, there will always be a net-breaking, overflowing provision of God in your life and family and ministry. We've learned if you don't give up, we give up in that time where we've got to do some rowing and get back out into the fishing field for the promise to be fulfilled. If they would have sat on the beach, I'm sure... God could have caused the fish to jump out into their boats from the, the water, but he didn't. And some of us are sitting around waiting for a promise to come when God said you need to partner with the promise to see the fulfillment. If you want to get good friends and rebuild relationships, you don't sit at home and hope for someone to ring you. If you need a job, you can pray, and then you go and start fishing, knocking on doors, sending resumes for God to do it. It's the rowing out is what some of us get frustrated and give up on. God's given you a promise for ministry to the poor and needy or to, to reach the schools of our community or to reach our university. It's not going to happen. You're just sitting at home and reading books and writing lots of stories about how awesome it would be to reach all the uni students there. You've got to connect with some other people that are already doing it. You start build relationships with a, a church and spiritual covering so that we can find a way to fulfill what God's spoken to you. And then you do some rowing and preparing. And they had to get their nets ready to put them back out. They'd had them out all night. They were tired. Sometimes to see the partnership with God, you've got to press through your own limitations and comfort zones. 
they were probably ready to sit down and have a nice big meal of fish on the beach, borrowing some from the guys down the beach that did catch some, hoping Jesus would automatically just bring some fish out of the air because they'd seen the miracles happen. He said, no, go out, row back out, get your nets ready again. No guarantee except God's word. And they did it together. So out they go, and it says this huge catch of fish come. Let's read the next bit, because this is really important. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. I love this picture. They had a boat, their nets were breaking. If they brought them all in, they were going to sink. They would have had to cut one of the nets and let some of the fish go because it would have dragged them under. But they had some friends, some partners in the other boat nearby. They said, guys, come and help us. we got so many fish. Come and share in this. So they rowed over, filled up the both boats, and then rowed back in. And, mate, they probably had enough fish to sell and finance them for months and months. Wow. But if they didn't have partners or friends, they would have lost half of the catch. This is a really powerful story about friendship and partnership and not doing it on your own or just in little groups, but connected to the larger body. Because sometimes people come to Christ and when someone that's going to pray for them, mentor them, disciple them, someone's going to get beside them in a life group and just teach them how to read the Bible and pray, make sure they get to church every week so they can be exposed and learn to worship, learn to forgive, and all the other dynamics, and someone's going to counsel them and pray for the dynamic of healing and restoration. It's a body ministry. They've got some kids, so we've got the kids' church there working with them. And, and it's amazing how we work together, but if we don't have partners and we're not linked to something bigger, we lose out on so much that God wants for us and this is the power of friendship and partnership. Wow. I want you to think about it. It's a really powerful picture of partnership. And, and some of us sort of don't know the power of this. But I encourage you, on uh, Tuesday week, we're going to have a Next Steps uh, training course. And we're going to go through a bit of the history of our church. We're going to go through those seven steps of our DNA and culture. And I encourage everyone who's interested in becoming a partner of our church to come. Also those in leadership, those that are on teams, if you've been newer in our church the last year or two, I invite you to come and we're just going to go through that and explain more our heart, which I can only do in summary form here, and we're just going to go and have some notes for you so you can really understand and say, hey, I want to be a part of that, this is awesome. I want to join in and see us transform our city and see what we can do together much more than what we just do individually or in small groups. And I just think, how awesome is our God. So that's Tuesday week here at 7 o'clock and we'll send out an email and we'll remind you again next week, encourage as many as possible that are interested in becoming partners, newer people in our church, people on teams and uh, leaders to come and be refreshed if you've done it before, to be refreshed. Marilyn and I have rewritten this and the team and it will come with clarity and understanding of who we are as a church. 1 Corinthians 3, 8 to 11 says, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. It says to work for the Lord, 
doesn't just drop out of the sky. This is what happened with the children of Israel in the, in the wilderness. They were in the desert, so God sent the manna and the birds from heaven. When they got the promised land, the manna and the birds stopped coming every morning. They had to start planting their vineyards and plough up the ground and get fruit trees and olive trees growing and till the land and work together with God's creation. Some of us want to live in a mindset where God just drops it out of heaven every time. He says we're partners together. Listen to this, it says in 1 Corinthians 3. For we are co-workers in God's service, verse 9. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. I bought my birth certificate along today to show that I am alive. I was born into my family. All of you have got a birth certificate. Most of us probably got them at home. He's listening. See, he's listening. That's okay. Good on you, Ben. We've got a birth certificate that shows that we're born into a natural family. But when you get born again, the Bible says you are born into the family of God and you have a heavenly birth certificate that says you now belong to the family of God. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become or the right to become children of God. So when you're born again by the Spirit, you belong to the family of God, just like we have a record that we belong to our natural family. You belong to the family of God. And when you're in a family, you've got to work together. Someone's the best cook, cooks most of the meals. The best cleaner does the cleaning, but you work together and you help with your different gifts. And you serve in a natural family, same in a church family. It's a bigger family where we belong. The enemy will sometimes lie, oh, you don't really belong here. You don't fit. I want to tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell, because when you're born again, you're born again into his family, and we all belong, and we all can fit and be connected. Sometimes it takes a little while to find out where we fit, but God says, hey, you belong. You're connected. And I believe God wants to remind us we're co-workers. Rick Warren says he puts a little acrostic called SHAPE. To help people find out where they fit. S stands for spiritual gifts. What are your gifts? Where do you feel stirred and the anointing of God comes upon you? You know, you, you just love organizing or leadership or administration. Some of your God's called for leadership and you'll only be fulfilled when you step up and say, can you train me? Can you equip me? Because you've just got that natural gift of leadership. Understanding and unwrapping them. Some of us have got gifts that we don't unwrap them. Secondly, L stands for... Oh, sorry, H stands for heart. So you're saying, L, there's no L in shape. I see, I got you again. In my notes, I said, listening to your heart. That's where I got tricked. H is for heart. So what does your heart get stirred to do? What's passions stir in your soul? <coughs> Some of you just have a passion to look after lost and lonely people. Some of you have a passion in business and whatever you touch, God gives you creative ideas and, and you make money to resource the kingdom of God. Some of you have a passion to care for older people that are lonely and you just want to do it. There's so many. What does your heart, what passion, what desires, hopes, interests, ambitions, dreams and affections? What you love and do and care about the most? It's an interesting thing in uh, 2 Corinthians 8.5. 
Apostle Paul said, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by God's will to us. There's something happens when you give your heart first and then your skills and your desires follow and you're connected. So SHA, A stands for abilities. What natural gifts has God given you? The natural gifts of ability you were born with. Oh, mate, you see a six-month-old baby and they're already trying to organize you. You see a two-year-old toddler and they're, if they're a leader, they're already organizing all the other kids around them. You know? Or you see a, a four-year-old kid and they've got a compassionate heart and they're looking around to see someone who's crying or upset and they're there with their arm around them and comforting them. They haven't been taught that. They are gifts God's put within them and we need to work with those and discover them and release them so that we function. Many of those people become nurses and doctors and carers. P stands for personality. Your unique personality, your DNA, your individual, God-created personality. We're all so different. It's so frustrating sometimes. Can't anyone see the world as I see it? But that's why we belong together, we partner, and God often brings opposites together for marriage. That's one of the mysteries of life. <laughs> but if we didn't, we'd have chaos. If you didn't have one organizer in the house, then it would be chaos. If you were both spenders, good luck. <laughs> often there's a saver and a spender put together. In a team, in church, you've got a teacher. You've got a prophetic seeing person. You've got someone with administration and details. You've got someone else that can see the big picture. That God puts it together in amazing ways in families, in church. So P, your personality. Don't fight it. I remember one of our kids didn't like one part of their personality. And they said, I hate this. It's your fault. You gave it to us. And we used to sit down with our teenagers and start to read and say, one day you will thank God for this aspect of your personality and now they are as an adult and e stands for experiences god grows us and uses us through our experiences your family emotional work spiritual ministry and painful experiences god can use all those that's that's just one form shape your spiritual gifts where you get anointed and stirred unwrap them your heart your passions your abilities, your personality and your experiences, that can help some people find out where they fit or a transition that's happening in your life. Those God skills, those anointing, that grace upon your life, hear and respond to the call of God. You were created for a divine purpose. You're called to love and serve Him. There's great blessing in being in partnership and not loosely connected. Next week, we're going to pick it up and run some more on some keys to building friendships. And I mentioned last week the seven net breakers. The next couple of weeks, we're going to build on that. Ways that we can build stronger friendships and partnerships where there's trust issues. One important one is listening. They say listening is one of the greatest skills to build any relationship or team. And it's one of the least talked about and taught on areas in relationships the Bible says be quick to listen slow to speak 
and slow to get angry. James chapter 1. We might unpack that a little bit more next week because, wow. Listening. Listening to the heart. Listening to the broken people in our community. I reckon Jesus was a great teacher, but I reckon he was a great listener. Because it says, the sinners and the broken people loved to hang around. It says he was a friend to sinners. I reckon he listened to their heart. And then he asked empowering questions to help them discover what's gone on and how can they change and be free and find the real purpose they were created for. Oh, I think God's going to teach us how to do that better and better. So next week we're going to pick that up. We're going to come around communion right now and just take a moment as a church family to thank God that we have friends and we belong. So thanks team as you come and worship team comes and the team distributes the emblems. I want you to just take a moment to reflect on The amazing thing is when Jesus did the Last Supper and instituted communion, have a think about this, he didn't do it on his own. He had 12 friends around him. Some of you have seen the amazing Last Supper pictures and paintings. and Something powerful, Jesus when he instituted communion, he didn't do it alone. He did it with his friends. And when we take communion every Sunday, we do it together as a family. There are occasions where maybe you've taken communion on your own because you are not near a church and you are maybe in a hospital or somewhere and you are able to just do it on your own. But nearly always, communion is meant to be communion with God and communion with one another. I want you to think about that as we hold the emblems today. If you're doing life too much on your own, or you've, you're in family or relationships in the church, but you know that you're not, your heart's not fully there, or you're just holding back, or there's hurt or pain. There's a season of unsettling I want to encourage you that you know we belong we belong stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church